Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today, we are talking about news on top of news. Put that coffee down. If you're good at something, never do it for free. How'd you get the gig? Oh, you know, they were hiring. It was only a two-week course. I will sell this house today. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, guys, it is episode 59, yes. and it's like Matt's dream episode. Is we, it? We, we had, <laughs> is it his dream episode? <laughs> we had a news section that we decided was going to be our entire segment yeah. because there's so much to talk about. We're talking about a whole bunch of new first-time buyer stuff, and then while we were having our meeting, another piece of juicy news came across the feed. So. And also, Matt wasn't here, so we just decided, let's make Matt do an, an episode that's entirely news. That seems fair. Yeah. yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt, where did you go? Why, why did, uh, why did, you why did we us? have to get substitute Matt? <laughs> <laughs> I went to Tulamine. Yeah. I went to fix some stuff. Uh, I would have recorded if we were in probably recording in the morning of that day, but it was postponed. So yeah, we had to we had to record midday, didn't we? On that yeah. one, yeah, yeah. So I went up to I went up to the cabin. I had to fix some things. Um, I fixed the things that were broken, and each time I fixed a thing that was broken, somewhere <laughs> down the line, I broke a new thing. Uh, I was telling the story with you hanging out with the family for Father's Day, and my brother's like, "So what's like the opposite of the Midas touch?" And I was like, I guess that's the mat touch now. (laughs) (laughs) Turning everything into poop. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so that's so frustrating. It was yeah. Especially when you're somewhere that doesn't just like I'm not just gonna go drive five minutes to Home Depot and get what I need. It involves, you know, a good half an hour plus drive. Half hour each way to the tiny hardware store that might not have what you need. Hmm. Always call ahead. (laughs) And then uh, what was your revelation after all of this? Uh, that vacation properties are complicated. Oh, I thought it was that you call a professional and oh. then just pay to get it done. Okay, well, there, there was that part that I reached an impetus with the plumbing where it's like, okay, no more. Right. Call the man in, throw in the towel. Did the man shame you? Like, hey, there looks like there was some really shoddy work done here. Oh, no, whenever <laughs> I... The last guy I had here, he was yeah, a hack. Yeah. <laughs> I am very upfront when I invite them in. I'm like, hey, look... I tried. I, 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 did, I did. I did this. Yeah, it's my fault. That's why you're here. I watched a YouTube, and I thought I could do it. Uh, so that's and, fine. And now you're here. Yeah, he's cool. He's been to the cabin before. He hasn't. He hasn't been up yet. Um, it's weird with the small town stuff. You just send him in. You give him the code to your door, and you just assume nothing gets stolen. Okay. Yeah. Whenever, whenever you're around next, I guess. Because right? you're not even going to be back. Like he's going in while you're gone. Yeah, that's the idea. Is I want him yeah. to get the repair done because the next time I'm going is for you know a ten day plus stay with the family. Hmm. So the whole reason why I went last week was to make sure that when we went for the long vacation, that we didn't have these problems. Well, this wasn't a fan. The family didn't come with you. No, I went by myself with the dogs. Hmm. It was nice. It was supposed to be kind of like a little mental break, kind of therapeutic. Do some meditation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Instead, I just like got mad and wanted to smash stuff. <laughs> That's not how it works in Zen and the Art of Motorcycle mat- Maintenance. <laughs> Yeah, and I screwed up my motor. Good reference. And my motorcycle maintenance went horribly wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Yeah, not not fun to have more things broke after you. Now the bike needs to go for a trailer ride to Chilliwack to get fixed. You got to bring it back to Chilliwack. Well, there's no shop in Princeton that I trust. No, no Suzuki shop. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm really excited this week because I'm. Our listeners won't hear this, but if you see this on Facebook, you might notice that there's a little iPad set up on the table. 
You always have an iPad on the table. I know, but today <laughs> it's paired to the camera. And what if you turn it to the cam? If you show the camera, the camera like is it just a crazy it, feedback loop. And then, and then, yeah, wheels within wheels. So I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm like insanely geeking out of this. Although, <laughs> if we keep noticing Jer not paying attention to the show because he, he's kind of like a moth, I'm, like he keeps looking over, staring at, at myself. <laughs> I'm ridiculously good looking. <laughs> for radio. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to our radio show. You should watch it. Yeah. yeah. Watch our radio show, which you can't. We <laughs> usually put up like a clip or two from the show, but not the whole episode. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, well. How about did, you guys, did you guys miss me on the show? Sam, Sam no, outdid Sam, me? We had Sam, a rock star yeah. on the show. Sam made up for the lack of Matt. Yeah, he laughed a lot more than you laugh. They're, they're, and bigger. His facts are crap, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he was a terrible fact man. He didn't, yeah, made a lot of generalizations and things. We're just like, that's not true. We didn't call him out on it. I'm like, Matt's not here to call that's him out. That's because you so. were asking a layman real estate questions. I feel, like, I feel like we learned a lot about the New York and Edmonton market. No, you yeah. learned a layperson's opinion of the New York real estate market. Well, he does have a little bit more. Like, sure, he's 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 smarter than your average bear. Well, and and he does have. Um, he is not a mortgage specialist, but he has been involved in he's mortgages. He's dialed through. in. Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll give you that. But Although mortgages in the States, because I don't think he's done any of it in Canada. Mortgages in the States are such a different beast than, than over here. So yeah. yeah, it sounds like a good show topic. I can't wait to find out the news. Well, you guys want to talk about the news? Like all day? <laughs> all day. <laughs> I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. I got a newsflash for you, Walter Cronkite. I am enlightened. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. For our actual news segment, we're going to talk about uh, a smaller news piece. The bigger news piece is going to be around mortgages and federal government and election stuff. But okay. the smaller news piece is is gaining traction, but we don't have a lot of facts yet. And this is the speculation around uh, Hong Kong and the extradition bill that has been proposed. Is it stressful for you as fact, Matt, to present us with a story that doesn't have a lot of facts? No. <laughs> Not at all. Okay. What do we got? So, I mean... I don't know how much you've read about it. I haven't been reading a lot because I don't really want to educate myself on Chinese politics. It sounds really complicated. My whole knowledge of it was I saw the story while we were in our meeting. I said, ooh, news. Should we do this in the show? You said yes, and then I quit reading because I was like, well, Matt's going to present it. So that was, that was, that's my entire knowledge. So I have, okay. I have the headline. All right. What a cop out for not researching uh, the news topic. I brought this to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, do you know much about the the extradition bill? No, okay. I, I don't know. So I, pod I, kettle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's expected with me. <laughs> he doesn't want to get out of character. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't want to play Chinese politics. I don't know much about it. I'm not going to pretend that I do. And I'm not really going to bother to educate myself on it he- okay. heavily. Uh, what we know is that this extradition bill is about the idea that Hong Kong, China versus mainland China, there's been uh, protection status. They're sort of two nations within one. Mm-hmm. And if you're considered a Chinese dissident or if you have some sort of fugitive status, you've been protected so far to date in Hong Kong, you won't be extradited to face charges in the scarier part of China. Okay, got it. Uh, Now that they're looking to modify that, it has people fearful in Hong Kong and they want to have a a plan B, an out plan. Right. uh, According to the article that I have in the Globe and Mail, there are approximately 300,000 Canadian citizens in Hong Kong. So they hold Canadian passports. Okay. And those people are going to be the most likely to want to acquire property in Canada. Mm to give themselves an out, a plan B. So this article is predicting that there will be more buyers from Hong Kong coming back to Canada. Is that correct? Yeah, so yeah. Canada and you know the world over, right. right? So Hong Kong is becoming a scary place. Now I don't, again, not a real expert on Chinese politics. I don't know why it's so scary. Does, is everybody in Hong Kong kind of considered possibly a dissident? Like, how is it that a law comes in that's like, well, if you have fugitive status in Hong Kong, now we can extradite you to China. Like, how are that many people scared? What kind of world do you they, live in? Maybe, yeah, maybe it's just corruptness in the government that they get to dictate. It's... They, they all scored low on their new social media credit scores. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> this subjectivity that they can just decide whether we think you're an enemy of the state or not. Which makes sense to me, yeah. right? But to, to think that such a high proportion of the population can feel that way is such a scary way to live. Yeah. So come on over to Canada. It's possible that everything's <laughs> just added up to now and this has just been the you know the final straw where it's just like, enough's enough. I don't feel safe here. Right. This is becoming a problem. Time to go back home. I'm curious how much of this article is reality and how much of this is just straight fear-mongering. <laughs> like, well, well, they're not trying to do much fear-mongering around the Chinese government. I'm just yeah. giving a little backstory as to right. why people would be motivated to now leave Hong Kong and come. I think there's some fear mongering as a, as a news title in, in Canada, mm-hmm. certainly in, in our market here on the West coast. Sure. Let me read you the headline. Yeah. Right. So this is from the Asian correspondent for the globe and mail. That's actually the article itself was written in Hong Kong. Got it. So Canadian in Hong Kong, his name is uh, Nathan Vanderclip. Uh, headline Vancouver real estate sees uptake in interest from Hong Kong buyers following extradition bill unrest. So, the reason why we're talking about it is that it's seeing an uptick in Vancouver real estate interest. It's only yeah. been a couple of weeks. It's really all circumstantial, speculative, but the feedback that they're gathering is that real estate agents who work with the Chinese buyer community are seeing a lot more buyers walking through the door, coming to showings, and they're from Hong Kong. They're not from mainland China. Which is a change. A change, yeah, yeah. big change. Because the, the mainland Chinese were really deterred when the foreign buyer tax was implemented. Do you guys remember what... There's an MLS... There's a website that allows people in mainland China to access our MLS. Do you guys remember what that website is called? I don't. I can't remember either, but I, I was reading that it's, like the number of people using it has spiked huge. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. That, that was, was a few was, months back. Yeah, that's there was, right. There was talk about yeah, that. Yeah, now it didn't translate into more sales or anything, but there were a lot more people actively on there looking at stuff, which yes. is kind of interesting. And we talked about that on the show. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. remember now. Uh, so that is what's creating sort of a catalyst of more interest mm-hmm. uh, that we don't get a lot of the Chinese buyers in New West historically. No, we get buyers from 
other cities that get pushed out when prices rise because, well, yeah. foreign mainland China or, or, was buying or, or they and, cash and driving out because prices because a Chinese buyer wants to give them sure. a ton of money for their house, and they're like, "Sure, yeah, you can have it." Yeah. So we're, we're not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not in like a complete vacuum here. From from yeah, no, we get affected out. by it, but we're not not usually direct. Like at the very height. We were getting some of it, but sure. but that's been a long but time. But we're not in a segment where I can say feet on the street. I can tell you firsthand. I've noticed this right. change, mm-hmm. right? So there's this is very very speculative. It may or may not translate into actual purchases, right? But it certainly could. And if they have Canadian citizenship status, and they're saying some of the motivation too is uh, the new immigration laws with Canada says that if your 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 children need to be born on Canadian soil to hmm. then give you solid Canadian citizenship status. So there's there's all sorts of factors oh, here. Oh, so there's... For avoiding taxes. To, to, so that you're, you're, when your child is born, they get Canadian citizenship. Yeah, I, I don't think that would even be a tax thing. If we're, if we're talking about this article and they're worried about fugitive status, they may want their kids to be Canadians. Yeah. So they need to be born here to protect them. Like that, right. that yeah, I think that's more than tax probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, no, that's just straight up citizenship right where are my human rights based out of right where where can my child grow up in a safe environment and protected and, yeah, yeah so so different motivating factors uh we'll we'll be watching and waiting uh, seeing what happens and now how many sales does it take for that to have an impact on our marketplace Ooh, interesting right? question. So to, last month, we spoke about the stats. There were approximately 2,000 sales across yeah. the real estate border greater Vancouver. Yeah. So if there are hundreds of thousands of people potentially motivated in, in Hong <clears> Kong <throat> and 2,000 of them fly into Vancouver and 200 of them make a purchase over the next month, it's a 10% increase in the number of sales from last month. I feel like 10% of purchases could affect the market. Like if they're paying more. That would... That could totally that that would change things for sure. Yeah, it might depend on on the in inventory levels in those areas and what what type of product they're buying, though. But it doesn't matter. Two hundred units anywhere creates a domino effect. Yeah, that's what it is. Because it's not oh, it's only the Hong Kong buyers paying more money. It's now local guy sees those sales and is like, oh, that's what the new value is, yeah. and and. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, you know, we've got 40 condos in downtown New West in the Key right now that aren't really moving. Right. If 10 of those move as a result of this, just because somebody did well in Vancouver and brings their money to New West and now makes their purchase and the dominoes fall, that that could be enough. Well, you think about it, right? Like traditionally, anything under 12% sales ratios is considered a buyer's market. Anything over 20% is considered a seller's market. The difference in percentage of units selling between a hard buyer's market and a hard seller's market is only 8% of sales, which in a market like New West isn't isn't a huge number. It doesn't take much here to, yeah. to for things to fluctuate. Yeah. 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 So if it plays out that way, yeah. 2000 people come from Hong Kong in the next month. Yeah. 10% of them purchase, which is 200 of them. Yeah. You hear, heard it here first, folks. Prices are about to skyrocket. Now, I completely made up those numbers, but yeah. but two thousand doesn't seem unrealistic. And I I think it probably your point I think is very good. It takes less sales than you would probably think to create a shift in the market. 
and and 200 sales making up 10% of the sales in that month would be an extremely high ratio as far as foreign buyer purchases. Right. Because what did the stats came out that it was less than 5%? It was shocking. I I thought it would be way higher than that when they But stats like you came just out. said, it actually doesn't take that much right. volume to impact the market. Totally. So they can impact the market even though they are a small segment of the market. We'll be watching and waiting. Find out more on Multiple Offers episode 65. So how do we smoothly transition from the news into the news? So you want to keep talking about news? (laughs) More news. (laughs) Now you want to get nuts? Come on. Let's get nuts. You decide your own level of involvement. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Wrong. National debt. Wrong. Wrong. Advocate. Wrong. With that money, you lost one. Wrong. Very nice words, but happens to be wrong. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. I get uh, it. Sounds dirty. All right, so. Hold on. You're introducing my segment? I, well, I introduced the main topic. You want to introduce everything today? You can introduce everything You made today. me do all the work, and now you just want to steal my segment and yeah, be the Why won't you let Matt have something? You know what? I'm pretty sure I brought both these topics to you. <laughs> oh, because I had no idea about the news story of the CMHC thing. Go ahead, Jeff. No, no. No, stand on your soapbox. Try to be as tall as me. <laughs> Oh, are we doing the height thing again? Just because you two are grotesquely tall doesn't mean I'm short. I'm I, was, I was giving him crap in the Eats video the other day. It made it into the cut. I said, that, was, that was fun. Yeah. All right, why don't we have Jer introduce it? So, hey everyone, it's Jer here. Glad, uh, glad you joined us in the podcast. Um, we're going to do things a little bit differently today. We are going to have Matt doing the news as the main topic. And it's an exciting one. We're going to be talking about tax, a little bit about form. form. You have no idea what we're talking you about. You have no clue. What. <laughs> All right, Matt, take it away. Was that your uh, public radio voice? NPR. Yeah. And, oh, the NPR voice. I wanted to do the it's NPR. Very exciting. Yeah. A little closer. Okay, let's just get into it. I don't need to introduce the, the story in detail. Let's talk about what it really means, right? So you've seen the headline. How much do you know? I mean, we know that CMHC... So Let's this tell is, them what the headline is. So this is now a federal government initiative. Um, well, okay. The, the most recent stories came out in the last 24 hours because we knew a long time ago the federal government wanted to do something to impact housing. Yes. And it was going to have to do with first-time homebuyers. So uh, I'm getting this uh, one story here that summarizes it. New details emerge about federal first-time home buyer incentive. It was an exclusive too. This it was leaked information. Leaked information. Uh, everybody seems to know it now, right? <laughs> uh, so the details of it, we'll talk about it in a moment. Uh, the most interesting thing from a politics perspective is that it will take effect the day before the campaign season oh, starts. Oh, I did not see that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, uh, which is exactly the way it played out when the liberal government yeah. tried their, their game. Yeah, this isn't a brand new tactic. <laughs> <laughs> so announce it today. Uh, yeah. Don't give it enough time to prove how dysfunctional it is. 
Right. Right? Because if they launched it today, we'd find all the flaws in it by the time... It's not a talking point anymore. ...voting day came. Yeah. Like, it didn't work, or so, so, did work. So for people who aren't up to date, let's get into what it actually yeah. is. Yeah, so, so it'll take effect on September 2nd. Uh, what it is, so CMHC, Canadian Mortgage and Housing Commission, is a federal entity, and so the federal government has told them that they can lend you some of your down payment. What? And... So let's say for it is up to ten percent, mm-hmm. uh, and if they lend you ten percent of the down payment, CMHC now has a ten percent sort of ownership stake in your home. Right. They have no influence over what you do with it, but when you sell, if you make a profit, they get ten percent of the profit. Yeah. And if you take a loss, CMHC will also incur ten percent of that loss. It's funny they say that because. You know, statistically, most people are going to sell when they're making a profit. So yeah, but that that is important. That if you're taking a loss, you're not having to pay. That's one thing I do like about how they've rolled this out (laughs) is that they do have a little bit of risk. It's not high risk at all, but yeah, yeah. But but they're they're playing on a sort of a level playing field there in terms of if it goes up or down. And at any point when that property changes hands, uh, that has to be uh, sorted out. Got to yeah. balance the books, pay back the loan and pay the profit or the loss, or pay it back after a maximum of 25 years. Right. Most people don't stay in their first purchase for 25 years, but they did give it a cap. Right? Yeah. So uh, that's the basics of it. Uh, it's, it's a down payment loan program. So you pay no interest on that loan and... Kind of. Kind of. I mean, eventually you pay it back, but, but on the surface, right? What, what, so what gets me... And we'll get into the good and the bad about this, but my my immediate thought is that on on paper this looks great, but this isn't actually a no interest loan. This is actually like a hundred percent interest loan, which you could never get away with. No financial institution would be allowed to give you a hundred percent, but they are going to get all of their money back, and they're getting like if if the home sells, they're getting all the equity that that goes up, which if you have alternative ways to borrow this money, it makes a whole lot more sense. Um, they're getting, they're, they're there's going to be better ways to do this. I thought they're getting 10% of the of the lift. 10% of the lift, but they've given you 10%. So their, their equity... Yeah, it's like they have a 10% ownership stake. Yeah. Like they're, they're a one-tenth owner in your property, but they have no say in anything, which mm. that part's great. Um, but I mean, if you've got... Like if... If your lift is a hundred thousand dollars after yeah. four years, yeah, then they get ten percent of that. Yeah, you know they get ten thousand dollars. Yeah, like, and and you know you go in like if anybody's thinking about doing this, my recommendation would be jump into a mortgage calculator, figure it out what your cost. Like, let's say you're buying because it caps out, so you, your mortgage can only be. Do you have the actual numbers? It's like four eighty. For it, the mortgage? It, it, kind of, it depends on if you are getting a 5% or a 10%. Yeah, it depends a, on what your income is. There's a whole is. bunch of stipulations. But they've given some examples yeah. to help. Yeah. Um, now, the baseline is your combined household income has to be less than $120,000. Yeah. So that's baseline. Uh, so if you make $121,000, you no longer qualify. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first flaw but, is just the eligibility of, of what's yeah. actually... For our market in, in like greater Vancouver... That four hundred up to four eighty, whatever it is, well, the, not getting you a lot. No, but you can. Okay, so I want to come back to my mortgage calculator thing, but I do want to say to that, Jared, that's a. It's the mortgage is four eighty eight. You can. I think it's up to five sixty five 
the total value. Can total be. total value can creep up to six hundred, depending. Right now, the so reason you, why they get it four eighty, yeah. is because the amount of the insured mortgage, yeah. can be a maximum of four times your household income. Right. So you can like you can get a nice two bedroom condo for five fifty or six hundred in New West. That's that's doable, but. Before we go to it, I do want to say, yeah. jump on a mortgage calculator. Yeah. Like, let's say you're buying a $500,000 home, yep. and they're going to lend you $50,000, which the numbers don't quite work because it's actually 488 or whatever, but this keeps the math simple. Agreed. Jump on the mortgage calculator, see how much your payments would go up monthly to put an extra $50,000 on the mortgage, because it's not going to be that much. I, if, I did it because yeah. I was like, come on, what could it be? Yeah. Right, and it obviously depends on the interest rate. Right, but I just did sort of some some rough numbers. So, what what are the numbers that you came up? So, with? I did a three point three percent interest rate. Yeah, and uh, at five hundred thousand, and if you add that extra five percent, yeah, so uh, twenty five thousand dollars yeah. of down payment, your monthly mortgage payments were about one hundred and twenty dollars different. Right, and your mortgage payment so it goes from two thousand two hundred to two thousand three hundred and twenty. Yeah. Now, if you can afford $2,200 a month, yeah. you can afford 2320 Well, and if your property goes up hundred grand by the time you sell, wouldn't you rather have that $10,000? <laughs> like yeah, I think people could probably poke holes in the math in different ways in terms yeah. of, oh, you could have reinvested it this way or that way or whatever it is. But what is the, what is the real world benefit to the consumer yeah. to look at this and go, okay, I got to fill out all this paperwork to the federal government. Yeah. I have to meet this criteria and all the rest of it. And in the end, I'm saving $100, $150 a month at the absolute top end. Yeah. At the lower end, you're saving $80 a month. Now, I will say the flip side is I think if this puts you over – like if you're not physically capable of getting in and this does that's great like i'm i'm not saying anybody who wants to use this and it like i think there are some good benefits for it but i think this isn't a blanket oh okay i'll just take the government's 10% like i'll just take that money and the people that are going to be using like taking advantage of this they're not they're already they're probably first time home buyers they, right? they, have, they have to be, be home they first have time to home be. buyers yeah. they're um so they're trying to save PTT probably the property transfer tax. So they're, yeah, they're purchasing kind of the sub five hundreds, yeah. In general, um, and I mean we know in our markets it, it's you're talking like one bedroom kind of territory, for the most part. So whether this is going to be that was one of the things I was reading that some people were actually speculating that this was going to you know the market was going to pick up um, because of this, but I. I I, I don't know if it's really going to, it's kind of affecting our bottom end stuff and I don't necessarily see it, see it changing other than maybe it, making it harder for people in that segment that are buying. Remember when the market was slower and if you were right on the line of the first time buyers break, it could actually hold you back a little bit where you're like, oh, if you price oh just over the first time buyers break, you're actually going to get way less buyers looking at the home. That hasn't been a consideration for so long, A, because... The market went nuts, and B because the first-time buyer's number is just too low. The threshold is just too low. It's, it, it, most, yeah, most people yeah. are just over it. But if anything, I could see this actually being like, oh well, you know, nobody's going to get that extra ten percent here. Like that, you create this bigger than gap. If if it gets wild, wildly adopted, which I don't know that it's going to. I, I don't think it will. Let's. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm going to poke some holes in it later. Okay. But it, just because you just said if it gets wildly adopted. Yes. Let's go back in time. Mm-hmm. Does everybody remember when the BC government tried this? Do you remember what they tried? 
the down payment matching loan program. Yeah, it was horrible. So they launched. I that. vaguely remember. So they launched that in 2016. Fizzled. I pulled up the news stories to be like, okay, yeah. so so where did it go? What happened? Yeah. So they tried the same idea. These interest-free loans, you know, will lend you money to help you uh, with your down payment and putting caps on it in terms of how right. your eligibility works and all the rest of it. And they canceled the program because they had planned to take approximately forty thousand. Uh, applications or fulfill 40,000 applications and they had done like 3,000 in total over two years. I didn't have one client who used it. I had a bunch that asked about it and when they looked into it, it didn't make any sense to do it. It was way too complicated and the fact is, is that if you already have some down payment, it's enough to get you in the door. Yeah. You don't need the government money. Right. right. It's for the people who can't scrape together 5%. But if you already have the 5%, you're already in. Right. And if the minimum criteria is that you have 5% down, then why do you de- need more money? <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's, it's so flawed in that it gives this illusion that it's helpful. Like I'll give you extra down payment. Well, you're not giving me extra down payment. I'm just borrowing the money from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And 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 the pro- the problem that you're solving isn't even that bad, is what you're saying. That isn't that a problem. It's not necessary. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm going to get a little political here. I'm going to try not to veer into uh, offensive territory. Jeff's a conservative. We all know you. We all know you hate Trudeau. So, especially with the pipeline now. We're not getting into any of my politics. I feel like the amount of we're going to tinker with what's going on with the real estate market. Like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to introduce this new tax, and we're going to bring the market down a bit. Oh, that didn't bring it down enough. We're going to introduce another tax and bring it down. Oh, we brought it down too far. We're going to bring it something to bring it. Like, there's a lot of government intervention over the past couple years with what's going on with our real estate market. And I understand why, like, because things got out of control, but there's, there's a very active hand. So you're, you're right saying now. that this tactic isn't actually to change anything. It's just for optics and, and elections. Is that what you're saying? That is not what I said. Um, but I think one could say that. Yeah. Cause it, it does definitely kind of feels, I mean, it's kind of going back on the whole, like we don't want people borrowing too much. Um, so we've got a stress test cause we're worried about that. Except from and, us. And wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you need help to buy now because of this other program that was very cut and dry. And then we're going to create some other option because look, it kind of is helping. But if you actually like, you know, Matt and you guys have kind of broken down, it's not actually helping. I, I think the two things they could have done that would have been better than this are they could have changed some of the stress test rules. I think um, that would be better. Although they've lost so much income from property transfer tax, maybe this is a way to recoup some of that Those are very different entities, though. That's true. PTT is provincial. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, And then the other one is uh, letting people do longer uh, amortizations again, I think would have really helped a lot of first-time buyers. That makes a bigger difference yeah. t- to me. Yeah. yeah. Being able to do a longer ad. Especially for first-time buyers because they're going to be in it for so long. It's that, not nearly as like, yeah, maybe don't let people who are retiring take a 30 year AM. <laughs> yeah. But as a first time buyer exclusive incentive, yeah. that actually makes more sense. That probably has the same net result on yeah. their monthly payments or even better. Totally. Right? So it makes their monthly payments cheaper, which yeah. is the idea of what this down payment interest-free loan is. Yes. It's just to make their their monthly payments lower. Because if, again, if you've already saved us some money for a down payment and it's enough to qualify you for the mortgage, right? the extra is just reducing your mortgage cost. It's not changing your qualification mm-hmm. levels. 
So a longer AM would have done that for you anyway. Yeah. And then when you go and sell and move up, you're likely going to want to try to make a shorter amortization on your new mortgage, right? Which, that's how I did it. That's how I did it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this whole the whole lift that they're basing the ten percent off of, uh, and that's that's not net. That's just gross sale price. So if there's any other costs like realtor fees and things like that, that's not. No, it's just on the mortgage. And and again, and the ten percent interest free loan is exclusive to new development. Well, it's a maximum five percent interest free loan on resale. Let's go back to that though for a second because the ten percent is on the mortgage that they lend you originally. But the profit they make—that's what I'm talking. That's what I'm talking about. The oh. pro- the profit. So the lift on. So I bought my place for four hundred thousand, and now I'm I'm selling it for four four fifteen or four twenty, depending on the market, depending on the commission. Now the government's taking. So you just made twenty grand, even though after your fees and everything, you're kind of just netting the same as what you were kind of into it. I, I believe it's on the sale price, not yeah, on yeah. the, the not price, on yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to take so anything that, else into account. So that could cost you just, it's just a two grand penalty if you just sell for what you think is just sort of a normal amount. Yeah, yeah the most likely scenario is you're getting a 5% interest-free loan. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. on a resale product. So when you sell, you got to give up 5% of your, your profits, yeah. right? It just seems that there isn't actually that much benefit there. Again, Jeff, your example of a 30-year AM would have the same outcome and it would be so much simpler. It's like, yeah. oh, you're a first-time buyer? Well, you just qualify for a longer amortization. That's very easy for banks and mortgage brokers totally. to administer. Do you know how hard it's going to be to administer this interest-free loan? Yeah. Okay, now I need you to submit your CRA notice of assessment statements on your family income, and they're going to do this math formula. And again, the math is four times your combined household income. So if your combined household income is $80,000 because you're getting start, you're starting out, Yeah. well, four times 80 is $240,000. Mm-hmm. That's the maximum mortgage you can get. Sorry, not two hundred forty, three twenty. Yeah. Sorry, Sam. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we don't call him Math Matt. <laughs> Supposed to be good at math. Uh, the three hundred twenty, three hundred twenty isn't going to get you very far, right? No. So now your combined household income is a hundred thousand dollars. Now you're up to four hundred. Four hundred doesn't get you very far either. So, right. you, so now your hands are tied in these limitations. There, there's all these limitations. Why not just... And, and then the paperwork you have to do to do it, and people are going to be like, this is not worth it. It's interesting that you point that out. I've had a lot of conversations about this since yesterday when it sort of all came out. I haven't had one person point that out. That is a huge, huge limitation. Four times your combined household income. Because yeah. well, people don't see that. Totally. They see the 480 maximum yep. and the $120,000 combined household income. They and don't realize that the 480 was arrived at based on a formula. Yeah. And right. that's what they want you to see. And, and if you're making combined income of 120 grand, you probably don't need this that much. It's not going to give you a whole lot of benefit. It's yeah. just a way of getting some interest-free money for a short period of time. That's and really the only benefit. It's yeah. an investment sort of ideas. I mean, you know, Michael Sheldrake would find a way to take that money and <laughs> make some money on it. He's like, well, why wouldn't I? It's free yeah, money. Uh, <laughs> smart enough to figure out that it's not worth it. Um, are they registering on title as well? That CMHC? has not been... I, I haven't read the actual government announcement. I'm reading press release information, which is... you know information that's spun mm. by the CMAC when they release it. So yeah. more for, and potentially no, lawyers and notaries are going to have a little more paperwork when they're, when they're registering these things and well, probably, and I mean, con- I don't confirming, confirming these, I don't, cause that's probably not on a bank level. I would imagine they're, it's, it's with, with them. Who knows how it's, how we should, we should get like a notary or something to come in and talk to us about this stuff. <laughs> Excellent plug there, Jer. <laughs> Tune in 
Hopefully for the week of July 4th, probably that episode's going to air. Yeah, July 4th release date. Yeah, yeah, we're having uh, Chris Dupuy, local New West notary, is going to come in and talk about all sorts of fun stuff. Things that we actually all need to hear. We're Mm. going to make notary talk exciting, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully Chris will. Yeah. There's important stuff in there. Oh, there for is. Sure. So maybe he'll be able to tell us some more of that. Like we'll have to remember to ask him. So do we have even pro- if this gets adopted. Like I, I honestly don't think anybody's it's, going to be interested in even using this program. So it's is that are we are we making that uh making that right now, that that uh, bet that it's this will fizzle out and is gonna have zero effect on things? I think it's going to be a very low adoption rate. Yeah. I'm I'm willing to put uh a lunch behind that. But who's going to bet against you? <laughs> yeah. uh, let me read you here from uh, something, some projections from TD Economist. So after the budget was announced, I'm quoting the article here, TD Economist estimated the new mortgage incentive could actually help push home sales and prices by between 2 to 5% upward hmm. by 2020. Uh, but their calculation also included the expected effect of another budget measure that would allow first-time buyers to use up to $35,000 instead of $25,000 from their RRSP. Yeah. Uh, the reason why they think that, that they'll have this 2% increase, uh, I don't think they had a lot of help there. But they did say a lot of the critics are saying that this sharp, sharp income cutoff of $120,000 has a significant advantage of those just over people just above the threshold who don't qualify for the incentive. Obviously, critics are saying it doesn't help in Vancouver and Toronto where prices are so high. Right. Um, That's something we have to keep in perspective, too, is there may be parts of the country where this is going to be fantastic. But we're not doing a real estate podcast about, you know, Newfoundland. Even even for them, though. like (laughs) So you saved up $20,000. Yeah. yeah, the numbers are still the numbers, but it just it might mean that there's more options for housing where this could potentially apply. I don't think it has more options. You saved up ten thousand dollars. What can you qualify for a mortgage? That's five percent. That's a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage. Right. Okay. So if the most you could save is ten thousand dollars, mm-hmm. qualify for a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage in some other small segment of the country, like that's pretty good. Now, okay. Oh, now that you bump it up from ten to twenty, yes, you can qualify mm-hmm. for more. But does it change what you qualify for? I don't know if it does. But I think in the lower priced regions, mm-hmm. the difference of being able to, like, let's say $20,000, you can afford $20,000 more. That might actually change what you can get. Whereas here, it's rare that you're going to be like, oh, man, I could only afford a one bedroom. But I spent $20,000 more and I got a two bedroom. Sure, it can change what you get. But in that region, let's yeah. just take that hypothetical region. Yeah. Um, if it affects you, it affects all of your competition. So what you're saying is it's just going to drive all the prices up. Yeah, so it's like, oh, now I can afford that home is $20,000 more. Well, so can all so of your So can peers. everybody else. Right. What's, right. The, what's the timeline? If they're not first-time buyers. <laughs> I see what you're saying. <laughs> but, they're, but they're all going to fit into a similar demographic profile. It's all kind yeah. of entry-level stuff, yeah. yeah. It, what, what, what's the timeline for repayment? There is so no repayment. Is re- that just when you sell? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's when you sell. When you sell or maximum 25 years. So if you buy a house in I don't like Quinell or something for one hundred and fifty thousand or or Hazelton where where Elden Whalen works or lives and works shout out to Elden and you don't you live there with your family for twenty plus years yeah and the place is worth like three hundred now do they assess the home if you don't sell by the twenty five years are you giving them ten or five that's an interesting of, I, of I know that. you probably don't have the answers yeah. but because think about that that though. could be actually really hard you think about like. You when, can you can repay at any time without penalty, okay. at any time. 
do you just pay off or do you pay like do they get no profit if you just pay it off that that's has a de- that's a detail that's important they probably don't even know themselves Be- <laughs> because that could that could matter right like wait, you like wait. you're way better to repay it when the market's make, down like let's say they you took 10 grand and you've doubled your home value by the time you sell you should just pay that 10 grand back <laughs> before you sell, right? Like, yeah, or are they going to take your tax assessment and use that as a benchmark I, and say, okay, now we want some profit, in which case what Jer was just saying is you wait till it's a down year you just and wait. you pay it off, yeah. <laughs> wait for the next cra- the next little adjustment. A low cycle. <laughs> All of a sudden, this thing sounds amazing. If you can game it. <laughs> and there's Michael's uh, solution. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really the fatal flaw in this, though, is that it's going to be too complicated. Yeah. Uh, the benefit fits uh, a very, very small segment of the population. All of the first-time buyers I have been working with mm-hmm. would really have had no benefit from this. Yeah. Uh, so how does how does that? So we're going to so change the market. It's not going to help people. Is it going to get uh, votes? I don't think it's even going to help with votes, to be honest. Yeah. Like yeah. they're going to say, "Oh, we did something about housing." Well, did you? Well, and when all this stuff was released, we talked about it in the budget episode. It was, it was like, yeah, that sort of Oprah thing where they just sort of picked every single demographic, mm-hmm. every segment. What can we give these people, seniors? What can we give people, you know, millennials and, and things like that? So this was just their, hmm, millennials want to buy something. How can we hit them with, we're going to give them some down payment and, and they'll feel like something's actually happening. Well, and it, it is a flashy headline, right? Like when I saw it in my news feed, I was like, what? They're, Buying in ten percent equity of home, what? Like it? It does get your attention. Yeah, I don't know if it holds your attention. I think it fizzles out pretty bad by yeah. the time the campaigning starts in September. Right, uh, but it doesn't. Again, September to mid October is not enough time to prove how this just doesn't work. Which may be by design, if we're being cynical. Of course it is. <laughs> no, it's 100% yeah. by design. Yeah. So, so the start of the segment is yeah. they're, they're waiting until then so that you can't poke enough holes in it. You can speculate, but you don't have evidence to prove right. that it was flawed. Just the same way it took a year to prove that the BC government's attempt at this didn't mm-hmm. work. I can't believe like there's evidence the BC government's attempt at this was a complete failure Yes. in the most expensive part of the country. Didn't work. Wasn't an incentive that people wanted to buy into. Yeah. And the federal government said, we'll do it too. <laughs> <laughs> it's already been proven it doesn't work. Yeah. So what have we tried? BC government has tried the down payment matching. That was liberal too, right? Failed. It was introduced by the liberals and yeah. then happily terminated by the NDP, yeah. standing on a pedestal saying, this wasn't our, our idea, mm-hmm. so look how much smarter we are. Look what, look what happened to the liberals. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so instead, uh, the NDP stuck with the foreign buyer tax, BC NDP, and BC NDP brought out the SPECFAC tax, speculation spec-fac. and vacancy tax. Right. So they're going the tax method mm-hmm. to reduce values in theory. Yeah. And then the federal government is going incentive model to make it easier for first-time buyers to afford these homes that come with extra taxes. Now, of course, the taxes shouldn't apply to the first-time home buyers. They plan on living in their homes. Right. So we've got taxes and taxes, empty home taxes, vacancy taxes. Have you guys heard about how bad it's going with like these vacancy taxes? Yes. Some of those, I haven't been following. some of these claims that people have had to make about like, well, no, that's my home. I was using it. I can't believe I'm paying a tax on this now. It is fundamentally, it is causing so much grief to BC residents, to people using the homes. Yeah. 
And I don't know if it's really changing anything about the people who want their home to be empty. We talked about this in the episode, right? I mean, if, if you can afford that home and you want to afford to leave it empty, what's the what's a few thousand dollars? Yeah. You know, with the hassles that come with having a renter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, what do you think the federal government's going to come out with next? Are they going to come out with taxes too? New mortgage rules. Will they lessen the stress test? I mean, we still kind of feel that that would help help some people out. And I, I think it, it, it should only apply to high ratio. I don't think uh, people with 20% or more down, I don't know. I don't think we can just stress them. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> so that's, that's the fascinating part is that this incentive had to be part of a budget plan. Right. Right. Because it costs money to, to give this incentive to the first time buyers. Yeah. But mortgage rule changes can be announced at any time. Right. The federal government, well, not any time, but they have cycles where they can do that. They still have opportunity to do that before the election. So if I had to make a prediction, this isn't the end of their attempts to give the appearance that they're helping with the mortgage challenges in the country. Yeah. There's there's more to come uh, before the election. And that's what the, the government in power always has the the luxury of doing. Yeah, right. I don't think they, I don't think they do it because we, people don't want a frenzy in real estate. Like the whole thing was for younger people. That was, that, oh, no, they're not going to do anything that creates a frenzy, Jared, but they're going to do something that has a flashy headline that makes it look like they're doing something. They need to make it. But that headline is going to be realtors rejoice. It, that's going to be the headline, not. No, the buy. headline needs to be that they're making it easier for people to get in the market. Right. Like the two headlines in real estate that, politicians need to try is they're making it easier for renters and they're making it easier for people buying for the first time that that's that's got to be the goal because housing and i don't think the taxes have gone well i think there's been a lot of negativity from locals around the taxes which i would guess was maybe not as anticipated (laughs) as it (laughs) probably should have been when when a different political party takes power in bc yeah that tax is gone yeah because it's nonsense you know, so it's terrible right now, but I, I I have absolutely no doubt that that tax is either gone or significantly reduced. Yeah, I guess it depends on what public opinion is of it. But public if, opinion is incredibly negative. There, I I have not heard from anybody who thinks it's a worthwhile idea. It affects negatively way too many pr- proper residents, and it's going to take way too long to prove that the revenue generated from it is in any way helping the housing situation. Since the Vacancy tax has come in. Has there been any drop in rental prices or demand? Like, has it helped renters? That would be the only saving grace it could possibly, if they could point at it and say, You can make a yes. spurious correlation that yeah. rental rates have gone down since then, because yeah. they have, but it's not related to that. It's related to the fact that there's been just more pressure on housing overall. The people that were in favor were thinking it's going to make more housing, right? It's going to help these things. It's going to it's going to help with, with these all these vacant properties. Um, so I guess if they've realized that, hey, my life still sucks. This hasn't make it, made it easier for me. What a joke. Um, I think there's still some for the foreign tax and things like that. There's still a segment of people that think that that's the problem with real estate and we can't get rid of that. We need, they're not buying right now. That's great. That's that's helping things. And, and so I don't know if that's actually going to be, a, you know, make a difference. But we're talking about vacancy well, tax. Well, yeah, a vacancy bit tax is very different from foreign buyer tax because I think the vacancy tax. tax is attacking uh, British Columbians more than anybody else, and even Canadians. I don't think it's fair to to persecute somebody from Alberta who wants to have a part time home in BC. Yeah, I, I just don't. I don't think that's right. Well, we're probably going to war with Alberta soon, <laughs> so I heard we're it's bu- going to get really complicated. Aren't we building a wall? 
<laughs> can't get a pipe through a wall. No, we did. Oh, we did. Oh. Yeah, it's the, the, those. They look like mountains. The mountains, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we gave Alberta really some put of them. two gateways through them. It's Banff and Jasper. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm wrong. There's other gateways. I'm an idiot. And you're from Edmonton, just like our uh, other friend. Gosh, Sam, he's a sleeper Sam. agent. Oh yeah, Sam is born in Edmonton. He is. Yeah, so was I. Yeah, that's yeah. why we picked him. That's why we picked him. <laughs> All you pipeline people. But hey, let's be clear here, because he had to correct Jer eight times last episode. He was I born in, in Edmonton. Calgary. He lives in Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> he never really lived in and Edmonton. didn't live in Queensboro. I, I have connections to Edmonton, because I have a lot of family there still. So I, I, I visit quite often. Um, and uh, yeah, they have to be nice to me, even though I'm from BC, and they just kind of bite their tongue. Like, yeah. You British Columbians. Mm-hmm. Stupid hippie. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, would you like to complain yeah. to me? Sure, why don't we sit down in your dining room in your detached house that you bought when you were 25? <laughs> you can tell me all about how terrible it is. <laughs> I love my family. They're wonderful people. It's all right. not their fault. Before Matt disassociates himself <laughs> from his entire family, why don't... Uh, why, are you telling the story, Jer? Oh, I had a story, yeah. Yeah, I got a story. Let's do that. It's story time with Jer. Great story. Compelling and rich. It's not always my story? No, it's not always your story. What if Matt has an awesome story to tell? Well, he can tell it to me or write it down and I will <laughs> paraphrase. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. So, story time with Jared this week. Um, I solved all the parking woes at Morano Lofts on the key. <laughs> Single-handedly. Well, not, every, not all the woes. No, just only the woes for a couple of people. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. What what are the what are, woes, what are the woes of the Morano Lofts parking? The woes, there was a unit I sold not too, uh, not too long ago. Um, Actually, several times we sold that unit. Uh, it changed hands a couple of times. And one of the weird things with that, this is a strata down on the key that has two buildings. Um, so there's two addresses, 7, seven Rialto and 10 Renaissance. I don't, can I name the buildings? I don't know if I... Oh, no. You, you have like three times. <laughs> <laughs> so they, um, there's two buildings when it was originally built. Um, and this is a good lesson for anyone buying in, in new developments. Um they oversold the parking spaces in the one building where this unit was located. And because the developer's contracts are written completely in their favor, they're able to make little changes and things like that. So nothing in the in the contract says, we will give you your parking space in your building. It's within the strata development. So this particular unit, when my wow. original owner took possession of it, they're like, okay, cool. Now where's our, we're doing our walkthrough. So so uh, so which, which one's our parking space? Oh, for that, we have to go outside, walk around, go to the other building, and then here are your parking spaces. So you're saying people assumed they were getting a parking spot in their building. They got a parking spot, yeah. but not necessarily in the building that their unit was in. Correct. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we had this unit, we, we sold it. We've always, we, you know, we always disclose to people that just, this is the situation just so you know. And what typically happens is somebody would, you would rent one of your stalls in the wrong building, take that money and then rent one in the right building. Uh, 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 hopefully you're renting for the same amount. So it just comes out squash. Um, but it's still like, nonetheless, it's still super inconvenient. Right. Um, and so we ended up, Matt and I had a, had a listing that ended up having three parking stalls. And it was our advice to our, to our client that you're going to get top dollar for your unit with two stalls. It's a bit diminishing returns for the third. It's, there's very few people out there that need that extra stall. So the idea that we came up with was we will market the home as having two stalls, um, but we will try and sell that stall to somebody. 
that parking stall that you have. We'll sell the third stall to the somebody else stall. in the building. So this is this is, and, and that's all allowed. Bylaws say you can sell it, but it has so to be someone So I was always under the, the impression that you couldn't sell your parking stall unless you actually owned it. And most of the way that they are arranged in 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 a lot of condo buildings, um, newer condo buildings, is that it's common property. So the building owns the stalls technically, or you as a strata own the stalls, but they are assigned to individual units. Hmm. So. Um, how do you sell something that you don't technically own? There's nothing on your title saying you own this parking stall number. Um, but, uh, so we were able to find someone, the, the person who bought the unit that we had with three stalls didn't want the third stall. So we had an extra stall. Yeah. We were able to contact, um, the person that needed a stall in that. And we also sent a letter out saying, does anyone want to buy a stall? I guess just to rewind a bit, we sent out a letter out. So we had a bit of, you know, a, a half dozen or more people that said, yes, I'm interested in a parking stall. Did you get a bidding war on parking one stalls? Of those, no, not, not exactly. But one of those people, one of those people that was interested actually required a stall in, in the seven building, which would be the wrong stall where the other person had that I was talking about. Like, has I want, I want to buy stall. one in, in seven Rialto. You're like, oh, well, we're selling one in 10 Murano. And then we came to the realization, wait a second. We could solve. So that's why we're Murano superheroes now, is what they call us. Um, <laughs> we said, if we can get this right, we can get our client that has three stalls, get sell one of their stalls to this person who got screwed over and owns two stalls in the wrong building, Yeah, and also help this person um, that wants an extra stall in their building. So there are, there are three parties it's involved. A, it's a three-way trade. It's a merry-go-round. It's a three-way trade that okay. we were able to facilitate. The big winner here is the person that's in the middle who had their stalls not in the right space and not in the right building. Yeah. Essentially, we took a person that was living at 7 Rialto. We said, can we have the money for this parking stall? Mm-hmm. The lawyer held that money. And then that uh, that person, so they sold their, their one of their stalls in the wrong building, said, here you go. Here's your stall. Thanks for the money. This right. lawyer is going to hold it, and then the lawyer passed that infor- pass that those funds directly over to our other person. Obviously, there's a ton of paperwork that's involved. Um, it wasn't terribly expensive. Uh, I want to say around four or five hundred dollars. Um, person in the middle didn't even have to pay because of of uh, like lawyer client privilege. They can't uh, in conflicts of interest. They can't represent. So they actually didn't represent the person in the middle. So they just got <laughs> a little a little swappy swap. Oh wow. And so they will we'll transfer this parking stall. We'll take this money. And then the conduit of the lawyers um, at Cassidy and Company in New Westminster. Shout out. We're able mm. to, uh, yeah, our man, Andrew McIntosh, um, was able to, to facilitate all that. And everyone is happy. Parking woes solved. Not for the entire building, but for. Three. How was it when you brought it up to Strata? Were they immediately just like, yeah, you can do that? Or was there any pushback or. I think it's just, it's, they don't care if people are changing money, if, if money's changing hands, they just need to know, they, the lawyer needs to confirm that you, in fact, the person selling, in fact, has the right to these ball spots, so they have a record of that, um, and essentially, they're just updating that you are, because some people have one stall, some people have yeah. two, some people evidently have three, so they're just saying, we will update the record, but we just need to see that this there's an agreement saying that this Technically, this owner of this property is saying, I authorize this stall to be the privilege of this one stall to be assigned to this other strata lot. That's really good information for people to know. Cool, Jer. Yeah. And that was the the inside info. Jer kind of knew that this person needed something and then this person needed something. And that is brokering a deal. It's exactly what it is. What I like most about that story is how humble Jer was throughout the telling. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's uh, it's it's a tough job. 
There's still, the key has parking issues. It's nice. It to, does. No, to, I, no, I, 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 can, I, I will pat myself on the back. W- without irony, I actually think that that's really valuable information for people to have. And you did a great job. I just also like to poke fun at you because I think three <laughs> times during that story, you're like, and I'm a superhero. Super Fantastic. And yeah, I guess I don't even know if that was, we were facilitating a little bit too much maybe on, on that one, but uh, we're just trying to bring people together. But, but, but really it's one of the things like we all like, that's why we all love working like Jeff, yeah. Matt, myself, love working in New West, love our small market. Totally. We, we know these weird little details about things. Um, that can make your life a lot. It made three people's lives a lot easier. Meanwhile, there's awesome. a realtor. Uh, I will not say her name because I'll get in trouble with the board, but promoting New West uh, leaky condos as goodbyes. Yeah, <laughs> check out the good deals. Check in out New all West. these goodbyes I spotted in New West. They're so underpriced. Uh, okay. Talk about that another day. Ooh, all right. Good tease because we are preparing content for upcoming episodes on things realtors do wrong and get fined and punished for. Excellent. Oh, that's going to be a fun one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stick around for that episode. All right. Well, I think that's probably going to do it for today. If you want to get a hold of us, you can reach us at feedback at morealestateshow.com or we have an Instagram account. I run the account, so I should know it. I think it's at MO Real Estate Show. Yeah. Boom. Uh, send us a message there or just follow us. We're trying to put up more more content there. We're going to have some video up there uh, very soon. If you want to get a hold of Matt or his superhero partner, <laughs> Jer, yep. you can reach them at thenewwestguys.com. And if you want to get a hold of me, Jeff, I'm at realestatenewwest.com. Thank you, guys.